This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast. We're three pals, and we also work in the coffee industry, so we know a little thing or two about coffee. And so we are checking out coffees, coffees that, you know, we might prefer to give a bad review to, but we're going to find a way to say something good about them. And while we're at it, we're all going to learn a little bit of history. I'm Jenny, and I run all of the operations at said coffee company. Called Modest Coffee. And I am Marcus, and I am the lead coffee roaster and 2021 Good Food Award coffee roasting winner and storyteller du jour. Yeah, today (laughs) you're telling us a story. It's exciting. And I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the month at Modest Coffee for 34 consecutive months. Woo-woo! Yay! All right. Um, Well, let's go ahead and get this party started. Yeah, we've got some business Today. So today, first, we're going to go ahead and announce our winner of the Modest Coffee Giveaway. We are so on it today. Yay. (laughs) Um, Our winner today is Nate. Yay. Yay. I love that guy. Thanks, Nate. Um, We're out of mugs, unfortunately, Nate. You'll just have to have a bag of Modest Coffee. I hope that's good enough for you. Our sponsor hopes that that's good enough for you. Um, our sponsors, meaning me. We could send him one of the random <laughs> other mugs we have. Yeah, we're just we're gonna send you a mug that we just have laying around at the warehouse. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna it's been pick used one. In the production yeah. for tasting it's of like, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> one that from the break room. <laughs> Wait a second. Well, let's just pick it out. <laughs> I'll send you a good mug. Don't worry. <laughs> our website is nobadreviewspodcast.com. You can find a link to our Patreon from our website. You can also find a link to all of the places where you can find our podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. But if you want to go to patreon.com slash nobadreviewspod, you can find us there where we will have bonus episodes and... Early release. Yeah, you get early releases of the episodes Mm. without any ads. Um, And you get to support us directly. Yeah, which we are so gosh darn appreciative of people who support us directly. It's really awesome. So thank you so much. Also, let's see. I'll just go ahead and say our episode for the day is we're comparing Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee, which is not a bad coffee episode, which I'm so excited about. It falls into the spirit of kind of what we do anyways, because this coffee is not one that we would normally go for, right? Because it's so That's true, because it's expensive. (laughs) Um, So how we ended up with this coffee is I have a friend named Kate, and she travels to the Caribbean for work. And she sent me a text. She was like, hey, what do you think about a Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee? And I was like, hell yeah. She's like, all right, I'll mail it to you. Don't you love it when friends send you Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee instead of spicy taco coffee? <laughs> I, like- I, I love the spicy taco coffee. 
But I have to say, I think I might be looking forward to the Jamaican Blue Mountain a little more. I like some of your friends better than others. <laughs> Having not met them yet. <laughs> They're all great. They're all great people. Um, with Some have like a, a more twisted sense of humor than others. <laughs> Anyways, Kate's text to me coincided exactly with Marcus roasting a Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee for one of his friends. So Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee is normally extremely expensive, like $60, $70, a pound sometimes. So for bonus, love it or leave it, we're going to try dollar store coffee. <laughs> so that'll be in our Patreon. Um, but before we actually get into the episode, I just want to make a couple of clarifications. From the Irish, time to make the clarifications. Time to make them from the Irish coffee episode. First, when I listened back to that episode, I said Irish Catholic is not a religion. I did not mean that. I mean, I meant to say it's not only a religion it's also a culture so if anybody heard that and was like what a dumbass (laughs) i'm not actually a dumbass i just misspoke or maybe i am a dumbass but not there also i noticed in the episode that we said it was the worst famine in europe it was not it was just the worst famine of the 19th century Mm. there's also been some other it turns out that like europe has been plagued by famines throughout the hundreds of years that Europe has been populated by people. So, um, yeah, lots of shitty famines, and that was not the worst. Also, one thing that I noticed was that coffee, that steep and brew coffee, we made it seem like it was the coffee holding company that roasted it. They actually have a partnership with another coffee roasting company called Caruso's. And so we had mentioned, like, some other coffees that they roast. Those are all Caruso's coffees. Okay. Um, and so if you go to Caruso's website or Steep and Brew's website, they both lead back to this partnership, Caruso's Roasting. And then the last bit of information, we were discussing what a flying boat is on the podcast. And we were like, what the fuck is a flying boat? So I looked into that some more. Flying boats. So fucking interesting. So back when aviation first was getting started and it first became a commercial thing where they were wanting to fly across the oceans, flying boats were the way. There weren't really airplanes like we know of them because... All of the major cities across the world were located mostly next to water. And so I didn't even really think about this, but they didn't have airports like they do now. They didn't have runways because concrete and pouring down all the concrete was so expensive. So they were like, this well, is, this, this is exactly what Marcus what said. Yeah. Exactly what you said, Marcus. So it was also the these flying boats were um, really heavy. They're made out of like wood and fabric, like not these lightweight metal things. So they t- needed a lot more space to get going and flying up into the air. And so flying boats taking off from major cities on large bodies of water totally kicked off the global air transportation like, way of travel. That sounds absolutely fucking terrifying. Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> Especially when I read they were too heavy to like fly. Right, exactly. Like, what the fuck? Like, nope, not getting on that thing. Like a lawnmower engine like spinning <laughs> a propeller. Oh yeah, no. Attached to a boat. Crazy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. no, that sounds horrible. Um, no, totally horrible. Wow. And, yeah, so I thought that was super interesting. And then um, World War II came along, this little thing called World War II. And so the United States was like, th- like you didn't just need to fly to port cities to go on, a va- or I mean like ocean cities to go on vacation. You needed to like really get to some places. So the United States government 
funded all of these runways across the world, like all of their um, allies. allies. So like they were building like runways in South America and they were building runways in the Caribbean and out in Hawaii and all across Europe. And so after World War II, like flying boats completely, they were just completely Aww. done after World War II because people were like, oh, we'll just use these runways. Good and, riddance. Yeah, right. And then like they also, it, you know, talking about how unsafe and scary they are. World War II, they, the technology of building airplanes really changed their making out of metal, their lightweight, those like three wheels were invented onto airplanes. So yeah, the whole way of flying changed. But it just seems so whimsical, Avionics. like yeah. pre-World War II, flying on a boat across the Atlantic. I mean, if you crash, at least did you're in have, a boat. And did they have like a deck that you could then go out? <laughs> the Lido deck. Right. Like the Titanic of the sky. Right? I mean, I can't imagine they were flying very fast. I mean, I have, it, from the photos I looked at, they look like airplanes with like a boat bottom. Oh, okay. All right. Because I know the Hindenburg, you know, the flying or the floating boats or whatever, right? Was like, the Hindenburg a flo- floating boat? Yeah. It was like a blimp or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, was, uh, was that a boat, though? I mean, I. I don't now. I don't know. Oh, we're gonna have another clarification. <laughs> but I do know that that they were they were open air and people could go out on a blimp and go. Oh yeah, on a that's deck true. Check mm-hmm. it out. I remember that from Indiana Jones. I think that like the Hindenburg like blimps. I think they were more like um yeah like a hot air balloon caught but like in a zeppelin shape. Zeppelin. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, not the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg. The Hindenburg. I think was a zeppelin that it was ended a zeppelin very but, poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the band Led Zeppelin is named after the Hindenburg? If you know Robert Plant, Robert Plant, <laughs> if you're listening, let us know. How'd you come up with that name? Yeah. All right. Um, was it named after the Hindenburg? Maybe. Um, so anyways, that's uh, that's all the clarifications I have from that episode. Steph, I know you had something you wanted to say about Irish soda bread, right? Yeah. Um, I had a friend who saw your recipe and made Irish soda bread for the first time. She'd never made it before. And she was like, this is my biscuit recipe. So similar. Wow. And that led to her kind of doing some research because she was aware somehow that sodium bicarbonate was discovered in America. And so she wanted to know if soda bread really started here. I know in Ireland they were like using stout to leaven bread. So I think the soda bread started in Ireland, but with this American sodium bicarbonate. So the bicarbonate made it over there and they're like, oh, shit, we can make bread out of this. Very cool. Um. Also, apparently the wheat in the South is the same as the wheat in Ireland, the soft wheat. And so, yeah, biscuit. That's that's good to know because I'm going to, I have like some Southern wheat for making biscuits in my kitchen and this is is how I bake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's this one very specific thing that's hard to come by up here in the North. Found it at Woodman's because everything's at Woodman's. I should try making my Irish soda bread out of that. Which one is it? Is that lily white or whatever it's called? White swan or something like that. It's something with lily, I think. Um, If you're in my kitchen, please tell me. Send me an email. Send me an email (laughs) what I have in my pantry. (laughs) Also, oh, while we're on the topic of my mom's recipe for Irish soda bread, she says leave out the caraway seeds. And I forgot to tell everybody that. So anybody who made that, if you put caraway seeds in it and it was gross, I'm sorry. (laughs) I've never had it with caraway seeds because that's just not how we do it in my family. That's a red herring right there. If you see that recipe and you're not really part of the family, you follow right. it. Yeah, exactly. Right. This is how we know. Are you a Murphy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I had someone also tell me something. We're going way back to the Cafe Du Monde episode. Oh, okay. We talked about there being Cafe Du Monde coffee, CDM coffee, and French Market coffee. And we talked about if those were all identical. Uh, I'm being told that the French Market coffee is an Arabica. Mm. But the CDM and the Cafe Du Monde are both a blend. All right. Cool. Yeah. Clarified. So is it more expensive? Yeah. So I would think that would taste significantly different. I really feel like the um, Robusta had a lot to do with the flavor. Yeah. And one more thing. While we're on the topic? While we're on the topic of clarifications, it was requested by my loving partner (laughs) that I clarify that when he went to the International (laughs) Deli (laughs) and did not buy me any poonshkis, (laughs) the reason was because we had spent $50 on poonshkis the day before and still had some left, and it would have been ridiculous <laughs> for him to buy more poonshkis. <laughs> he requests that we not malign his character in the future. Aww. His character is so amazing. There's no way. Impeccable. Impeccable character. No way he can be maligned in real life. Really. Mm. Okay. Sorry, that, buddy. Yeah, did that Sorry, sound like friend. a sincere apology? Yeah, it's very sincere. Right. Okay. Very sincere. Well, Teflon Jason. You know what, though? <laughs> He should have brought you back a poonchie. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you spent the day before. No, I'm just kidding. Now I feel bad. I'm so sorry. Don't let me be an asshole. I was just kidding. That was a joke. <sighs> He'll be fine. Please don't let me hurt your feelings. I'm no. apologizing now, so I don't have to apologize next episode. All right. I think we're done with business. Can we get to this coffee? Ooh, I'm so, so excited. I just want... I want to say I'm so excited. It's a Marcus episode. Yeah. He gets to get the coffees that are high-end because he knows a thing or two about coffee. Me mm. and Steph get the um, the more questionable coffees. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared for Ooh. just a romantic story. Aww. Um, Aww. Interesting thing about Blue Mountain Coffee is that it really does trace its roots genetically to the original coffee. No right? way. Like... Can I just stop really quickly and say that for those who don't know, like coffee variety is important. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing. It's a yeah. thing that people pay attention to. It's something that we put on our website. The actual varietals of genetic coffee plants. Yeah, that's a good If that's you're a, a horticulturist, point. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so if you think of coffee as like, you know, Robusta, and there's a third coffee I learned about, um, mm. which is even shittier. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like we'll coffee lignus show. or something like that. What's I don't it know called? The, coffee, it starts with an L. It's like coffee lig, lig, lignus or lig, lignanus or something like that. Lignanus. I don't know. <laughs> it's it tastes a, like anus. A liganus. Uh, <laughs> it's like wood. Uh, lignus, I think it's got something to That's do so with funny. that. Yeah, so. Um, and then coffee arabica. And coffee arabica was like the sweet, delicious, delicate coffee that, like, everybody loved. And Blue Mountain Coffee traces its origins back to, like, when they first discovered, like, Arabica coffee. So it's, like, OG. OG, like genetics. Like the OG. Yeah. And Coffee Arabica itself, like, we have to go way, way back to, like, the origins of coffee. Yes. Can I ask a question? Do you know if there's any other coffees that are OG of the OG variety, but are grown someplace else? We'll get to that. Oh, yes. okay. All Actually, right. and they have their own little branch and their own separation too, but they're all tied to one guy. Oh. Yeah, so we'll talk like about that Like in Africa? Too. Like yeah. a guy in Africa? Uh, he, it, it, so we'll go back to the beginning, it's which is... 
Africa. Uh, funny to me that Jenny is the one who's trying to jump ahead this episode. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is African. I'm sure you guys have heard of like the origin story of like who found coffee, which is Kaldi, right? Have you guys heard of that no, story? You no, you have to tell that story. Oh, okay. Is that why Kaldi coffee is called Kaldi coffee? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And dancing goat thing. coffee. So there's this like legend um, and there is some truth to it that there was uh, this guy, Kaldi, um, he was a goat herder and he was around Africa and like doing his thing with his goats and he noticed that they were eating a plant and do you know where goats, in Africa? Ethiopia. Okay. Yeah. And so Ethiopian highlands, he was herding his goats and they were munching on these little berries and they started to like get kind of excited and like jumping around and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, they were. These, yeah, these goats. <laughs> oh, so, this is so cute. Like I'm imagining in my mind one of those goat videos where like little pygmy goats are like dancing and like jumping around and being all fucking cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this Except is, like, like that the times most... two because they were all hopped could, up on caffeine. Could you imagine trying to like herd them? <laughs> It'd be worse than herding cats. goats. So... He doesn't even have like a sheep dog. <laughs> He's like chasing around his goats on the side of a mountain. <laughs> so Poor it's Caldi. it's funny, right? Yeah, so he's chasing around his goats. He grabs a twig and some he berries. He starts hitting them. No, he wants to bring it back because he doesn't know. Like he brings it to the village elders and it's like, hey, like, is this a safe plant or is this not a safe plant? Because you know, it seems like my goats are okay, but they're just all like excited and, and the, elder, cool. the elders are like, yeah, go ahead and try it, buddy. No, they were like, this is a devil plant. Oh, oh. shit! And so they threw it in the fire. Oh. The legend is that they threw it in the fire. <gasps> and it started roasting. It started roasting. And it smelled so delightful that they were like, well, Wait, we got to try I'm gonna, it. I'm going to call bullshit because coffee roasting smells terrible. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're out there in, in, you know, in the 500s and all you have is literal goat shit like surrounding <laughs> you, you smell some like roasting coffee. And you're like, ooh, let's all try right, that. All right, so, I can go with that. So the interesting thing is that it was a tribal like... Um, that's like the legend, but the actual, like the history of that is that in Ethiopian, early Ethiopian tribes were actually mixing coffee berries with grease and eating it. Do you know so how long ago that was? That was in, um, and same thing, like early, like 80. Sometime. Yeah. Very, very early. Like, history. like triple digit. 80s. There was no, there was no documentation that goes back that far. They were mixing it with like, what do you mean? Grease? Like lard yeah, or like animal fats. Okay. And they were turning them like like warriors were taking them with them on like uh, expeditions and stuff. And like, a, a, like African tribal warriors, there was a, there was a book that was written and said that like they would survive for like a month on eating like fat and coffee basically. Wow. Yeah, because and the, they'd only have to bring these little balls with them. Ooh, the cherries probably oh. have some nutrients in them. I'd have to yeah. imagine because they, they got that nice bread, bright red color. Oh. And then the seeds got your like, boom boom too of coffee right like caffeine so if you're just like popping one in your mouth i mean it's basically because the seeds probably have protein in them maybe the i mean most sugars seeds do. i mean the seeds the the cherry themselves is really sweet yeah um, yeah this sounds like a complete food group to me it yeah. sounds like pemmican pemmican was like native american traveling oh. food like lard and dried berries and so yeah, it's like interesting an yeah. old school trail mix Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and coffee wasn't actually documented to be consumed, like mixed with water, until the 1300s. Wow. Yeah. And so we can thank the um, the Sufi Arab monastery, like monks were were mixing 
coffee in the 1300s ah, um, right. with water. And it had continued that way for a couple hundred years. And the first documented proof that like it was being imported from, um, from Ethiopia to Yemen hmm. was around 1500 AD. Don't they grow? They grow coffee in Yemen, right? So did they transport the seeds from Ethiopia to Yemen? So that's, were they growing it there yet? That's the thing is that with the with the tribe, like the Ethiopian is like right next door neighbors to to Yemen, and so oh, like really? there's a lot of conflicting information of like mm. did coffee start in Yemen? Did coffee start in Ethiopia? And basically, like there were no borders. Like people were just you know traveling back and forth, and a lot of these like. Um, the Ethiopian like tribes, people would plant coffee along the way too. Ah. Or they drop a ball and then it would start growing. Interesting. Yeah. And so there was like, so the coffee history um, of it, it, it really does span kind of both um, countries. But that people were brewing, like I'm really surprised that 1500 is when people started brewing coffee. That seems so, so late. That's what's really interesting is that that's when it became really, really popular. Because okay. the Ottoman Empire, basically from the 1300s to the 1500s, it was like an Arabian thing. People were drinking mm. coffee. And then in Europe and everywhere else in the world, people were drinking tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the power that kind of consolidated around the, the Ottoman Empire, they became a major world player. And then they started taking over more of the European continent. And so like along the upper, like north east of the Mediterranean Sea, like Greece, Macedonia, all of that was part of the Ottoman Empire. And the Ottomans introduced coffee into Vienna and then the Vienna, ah. like Vienna coffee houses in like the 1500s. Whoa. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you, were they all using the Ibrik? Like, because the Ibrik is so popular in Greece and, uh, you know, Serbia, Croatia, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, all those countries are all using the Ibrik. It's like a little scientific flask shaped with like a long stick on it and then you stick it in the fire and it brews have you seen that stuff no it's really fascinating we i I think we should do an episode on that actually one day it's like this way of um brewing coffee over an open fire wow yeah so it's like a little metal yeah it's like a little metal pot with a long stick on it so that you can keep it over the fire okay and it bubbles up and then maybe i have seen those are we gonna do an episode around an open fire Fuck yeah, we will. Oh, we should. That would be so fun. Yeah. (laughs) So these Ottomans were, were like, it was becoming more popular in Europe, and it was starting to to be exported across the European continent, and the Ottomans had a monopoly on it. And they were so protective over their coffee that they would not export any coffee out of Yemen. And all the coffee came out of Yemen, particularly the port of Mocha. So that's why coffee has like such a a close like association with the port of like Mocha. So if you heard like Mocha Java or whatever, Mm -hmm. like there's that story, the monk, the monk of Mocha, that book or whatever. Yeah. And so like the Ottoman empire exported all their coffee out of Mocha and then eventually coffee just started to take on the name Mocha and they were so protective over their coffee. They'd boil the coffee or they would roast it there and no live plants would ever be allowed. No live green coffee. They would like any tourists coming, they would keep them away from the coffee plantations. Like they were so protective over their beans because they wanted to keep their grip on this Arabica coffee because all the other coffee in the world out there was like Robusta and was shit basically. And so this like sweet, delicate, delicious coffee, like the Ottomans were really, really protective of. And all they had, all these people had to do is just bypass Yemen and go straight to Ethiopia. Little did they know. 
the Europeans did not have to take that Ottoman bullshit. <laughs> well, but they that's did. the thing is that the the Dutch, the French, the English, like everybody wanted to get some coffee and they really were having difficulty getting it out and finding like the good coffee. Because they hadn't quite colonized Africa yet? Because of the Ottoman Empire. Like that was their yeah. turf. Right? And what, so the Africa only, was? Uh, like Am that I asking part. too many questions? No, you're fine. So I looked at the Ottoman Empire. It was basically like the, the whole like northeast through like the other like north um i would be like northeast part of the mediterranean um was the ottoman empire and like the northeast part of africa was all the other oh yeah 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 that's right because it all went along there yeah that's true i was just looking at that at yeah a map for our our bonus episode so they had people visiting but they wouldn't show them where the plantations were and it was kind of difficult for them to get coffee out Mm -hmm. until a sufi monk from india named Baba Budan. He was from like some rural part of India known as Malabar. And it's still like an important coffee growing region now because of this guy, Baba Budan. So he, him and his subjects or whatever, they actually lived on the hills in India. They had a cave. They were kind of persecuted. And he took a pilgrimage to, um, to Yemen. And when he was there, he just fell in love with coffee and was like, it was illegal to export coffee. It was, it was like really, again, tightly controlled. And so he loved it so much, he wanted to bring it back with him to India. Ooh, is there a tale of theft and smuggling? Yeah, and so Ooh. this is in the 1500s. Um, so early 1500s, he visited, he's the only guy, his people are back, you know, like getting kind of like fucked up by the Hindu, you know, royalty or whatever in, in India. He goes there, he loves the coffee, he smuggles back seven beans in his beard. (laughs) And there's some like, there's some like, you know, rumors that it was like taped to his, to his stomach. And it was like, in his. they didn't have tape back then. They didn't have tape back then. And then, and then, but I like my favorite version of that story is the one that said it was, it was hidden in his beard. I'm just picturing huge bushy beard. I'm picturing Jason right now. some (laughs) Some little beans hidden throughout his beard. I will, we can recreate this and see how it would really work. Yeah, we're going to have to take all the ways that they said this this dude brought it back. And we'll use Jason as our, as our baba. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is that India, um, you guys have heard of the, the East India Trading Company. Yeah. The Dutch, right? They've been trying to get coffee out of Yemen for like, a long time and they've never been really been successful in getting it out of the country they kind of serendipitously found it so he's growing it in india growing it in india in his cave in his little like hill (laughs) and i want to say you gotta be pretty lucky to get a coffee business started from seven seeds i mean he must have been quite the horticulturist Mm. Mm -hmm. and then the dutch governor of malabar found like this little coffee plantation baba budan had um and was like, holy shit, this is coffee, right? <laughs> and then he took a, a some snippings from that plantation and brought it to Java in 1650. And so Java was like the first major Dutch plantation of coffee. And so those seeds um, that Baba Budan brought had two genetic varieties that the Coffee Research Foundation has like found the genetics that went all the way back. And it was the two current kings of specialty coffee Bourbon coffee and Tipica. And so those were like the genetic that he brought out of Yemen. Mm. And so uh, you guys aren't as impressed by that as I am. Because I'm like, <laughs> if I find a good Bourbon coffee, like that is like 
they're just, it's just delightful. They're like really yeah. sweet, really smooth. And these were like the coffees that like really changed and really became popular and like made coffee a international drink. Mm. And so the Dutch governor, he sent seeds over to the plantation in Java in 1669. There was a flood and it wiped them out. Oh, shit. And then he tried again three years later. And this time they brought sap like saplings, like little like clippings or whatever. Mm. And then tried again. And then that started like the huge plantation of coffee in Java. Ah. And so that I mean, was like 100% Typica coffee. So impressive the way that they're, you know, culturing these plants. And nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. Like, coffee is kind of a delicate plant. It I know. It's, like, not that easy. No. It and only grows like, at a certain elevation, and at, like, certain temperature. It's got to be kept. It's very, like, And it's very, very prone precise. to, like, disease. And, yeah, I mean, we don't realize because we have so much coffee. But, I mean, little tiny fluctuations can make or break a coffee harvest. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so shortly after... They make it sound so easy. This coffee was transferred. I guess the Dutch like worked out an agreement with the Ottomans. They made like a treaties on coffee so that they could start like importing their own. And then Baba Boudin's coffee started showing up in Amsterdam. And they were still importing a ton from Ottoman. And then a few years later, then Java coffee started coming in. At this point, coffee was worth like $200 per kilo. Dang! And in in uh, in imperial money, that's like five hundred dollars, right? A pound? Um, In imperial dollars? No, it'd be like two hundred dollars per two point two pounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always get confused going up or down. But back then, with inflation, I mean, that was probably like you know thousands and thousands of dollars. So sixteen ninety nine, the plants are going. Crazy, and then in 1706, the Dutch sent back one plant, one single plant from uh, from their Java plantation back to the Amsterdam like headquarters of their VOC or the East India Trading Company, I bet and it made its way into like the European like gardens. Really? Because I was about Amsterdam. to say, I think coffee did not like it in the Netherlands. No, they the kept weather. like a greenhouse, like one greenhouse, oh, and they had one plant. In Amsterdam, in 1706, it was sent back. <laughs> so the Europeans were, at this point, like importing a ton of coffee from both the Ottomans and now from Java. And they were they were um, kind of sick of being subject to the Ottomans, like letting them have more or less a monopoly on it. So the Europeans were trying to break that monopoly. The Dutch were successful in doing it. And then the French were the ones that were like, they got introduced coffee in like the late 1600s, like 1669. That's when they got to the taste for coffee. Mm. And so the Vienna coffee houses were killing it. The French coffee houses were doing it. And they were like, we need to stop this from being so like dependent on the Ottomans. And so the French and the Dutch signed a peace treaty, the, the Utrecht peace treaty in 1714. Is this how it got to the Caribbean? That's how it got to the Caribbean. Ah. So the Dutch gave a five-foot-tall shrub to the French in 1714, the French king, Louis XIV. And this is from the plant that made the, that was the from survivor. That, plant that made the survivor. I'm going to call it the Beyonce plant. The Beyonce plant. <laughs> <laughs> so the Beyonce plant made it from Java to the Netherlands, and then... Beyonce's so blue the blue ivy plant which is a child of the Beyonce plant (laughs) um blue ivy blue ivy so it's the blue ivy plant it's the one that made it to the Caribbean yes eventually 
Well, the funny thing is the French were trying to, to, I guess, trying to just grow it from seed and they were having a lot of difficulty. And then this tree, this peace treaty came out and the Dutch gave him a five foot tall plant. He's like, all right, you've, you know, just stop trying. <laughs> we'll give you a plant. And the king loved it, but he only loved it as an ornament. Louis XIV died a few years later and his son, who was like 12. Um, it's always those 12 year olds. Yeah. He then king. And they had all their French colonies that were happening in the Caribbean and French Guiana or whatever. And there was a governor um, named Gabriel de Clou. Thanks for looking at proper French pronunciations for us. <laughs> he requested, he knew what that was. He was like, this is, this is coffee. And he's like, we can totally grow this in, in our plantations in the Caribbean. And so he requested a cutting from that tree that his father received. And he said, no. Because he liked, he just didn't, he just liked the tree as like an ornamental tree. What the fuck? You can't just give up a brand, buddy? No. He was like, he was absolutely against it and, and, and said no. And the clue was like, What a dumbass. You are a dumbass. Right. And Does he even know what he's sitting on? Exactly. And so it's like this, this the clue, this is where like the real like, like skullduggery happened is Ooh. that he got in with the French court and kind of seduced some ladies and oh snap there's a rumor that he like one night after a party like scaled the french um garden walls like this protected wall like they made a special greenhouse just for this tree (laughs) and there's a rumor that he like scaled the wall climbed over took three cuttings of it and then hopped on a boat to french martinique um, there's and also another story that, that like, time. he wow. just bribed the gardener to get him some things, too. But I do like the idea I of think... him, like, climbing over and, and, you know, having a caper. That's <laughs> definitely the story we're going with, yeah. the version, for sure. Oh, my gosh. It's like, yeah, I mean, all of this seduction. And, like, somebody needs to make a movie about this. Well, it's so interesting. The story doesn't end there. What? Yeah. After so, all that. Because we're trying to get to Jamaica, right? Like, how did this coffee end up in Jamaica? Because Jamaica was an English colony. Okay. Oh, I'm surprised those tea-loving English let it into their island. Yeah. So we're in, we are in 1720, like six years after that shrub arrived from Amsterdam. Okay. When blue ivy shrub. Okay. And blue did this caper, right? And then he immediately hopped on a boat the next day. Yeah, I mean, you got to bail. Yeah. To go to, <laughs> Before to they discover you French stole yeah. these branches. Uh. And on his boat ride from France, um, this guy first was attacked by a, uh, the rumor is a Dutch crew member who did not want him to start a new plantation of coffee. What the fuck? All these people are like, no, but they they could just be having more coffee, which is a good thing. Well, I'm like, dude, they had, like, the Dutch gave the king a coffee tree. Like, they had to have known that he was going to try and plant it somewhere. Right. I don't know why that guy was going and showing off all of his branches anyways. If you just, like, capered over a <laughs> wall and stole some branches of, like, the the 12-year-old said no. They're on a boat. This Dutchman, he this Dutch crew it. member in De Clue got into a sword fight and oh he God. had to kill him. What apparently. the fuck? Wait, who got killed? The, the, the Dutchman. Dutch, okay. The Dutchman. Okay. What? Yeah. This is insane. Then. It's like one thing after the next. I mean, okay, can we just say. They get hit by pirates. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they had to fight off and fend off pirates. And he's like, I don't know, a week out or whatever, or a couple of days out from, from Martinique. So they fend off the pirates. Then they get hit by a storm. Jesus. Oh. And two 
of his plants die in the storm. Oh my god! And he can like are they see. on the deck? They're underneath the deck in How a glass are they even case, staying alive. Like they're just—it's just fucking chaos, total oh fucking chaos god. on this crazy. on this boat ride back. They are a couple of days out. They can see land, and they are out of water. They have—they've been, you know, they, this guy's been like fighting, and he's—he's he's literally the captain of this boat, and he's keeping this plant alive, and it's withering before his eyes. He's keeping it alive with his own water ration. Oh my god! And they land, and he immediately plants it on his estate in Martinique. It's, and wait, Martinique gets its own island. Is its own island? Yeah, in okay. the French um, Caribbean. Okay, and. He plants it on his estate, and this fucking plant, this one survivor, fucking thrives. Wow! Well, that was lucky. Within a few years, he is now uh, the 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 documentation is somewhere between eighteen and nineteen million plants. What? From this one plant. Holy shit! On the island of Martinique. Well, hot damn! That was like (laughs) one survivor. And then eight years later, just eight years later, the Governor of Jamaica, who was an English gentleman named Nicholas Laws, was gifted, either gifted or purchased eight seedlings from DeClue's stock. And I just want to say DeClue is a badass, and of course his plant survived and also thrived because, like, that guy fucking fought pirates and sword fights and storms. Like, somehow it just makes sense to me that, like, Somehow this badass guy would be able to grow his plantation to 18 million plants or whatever. The king eventually uh, recognized that he was wrong and then promoted to clue to like governor of his own couple of islands. Huh. Yeah. Look at and that. And so he was just like a, a, like a captain in the Navy and then now is like a, like a land governor for, for those um, colonies. That just France. goes to show if you want something from the royal family, break in and take it. <laughs> just do it. It's yours. Eat the rich, baby. <laughs> and kill whoever tries to stop you. <laughs> it was so fine. Then, anyway, then so the, the British, British were like, were like yeah, all right. the British governor was like, you know, friends with, uh, um, or at least saw what was happening over in Martinique and was like, I want to try this in Jamaica. And then bought those, bought or was gifted those eight seedlings. Hmm. And then he grew it on his estate, which didn't do so well, St. Andrews. And then they brought it up a little bit higher in the mountain. And then that is what really kicked off like Uh the Jamaican Blue Mountain. Uh Like it thrived on the the higher elevation Mm -hmm. in the Blue Mountains. It's like a very small, like really, the Blue Mountains are like the highest elevation mountains in the Caribbean. And it's on this little strip of Jamaica, and that is where it, like, absolutely thrived. And it was, like, the best coffee in 50 years. They went from just getting coffee introduced to being the number one producer and exporter of coffee in the world. Wow. Making 70,000 pounds a year. And then they kept that position as the number one coffee producer in the world from 1800 to 1840. Wow. 40 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, so this is like the cool, like genetics story. Um, the downside to that is every single one of these plantations, from the Dutch, from the French, from the British, they were all done on the backs of slave labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so they were where coffee went. They brought tens of thousands of slaves to grow it mm-hmm. in every single plantation. Yeah, wow. But the interesting thing is that Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee also is what brought about 
the end of slavery in the British Empire. Oh. Hmm. And in 1831, the Samuel Sharp Rebellion, he was a Ooh, tell us about this. Baptist. The English were celebrating their Christmas. On December 27, 1831, Samuel Sharp, who was a uh, rebellion leader, uh, and 60,000 slaves. Was he a slave dude himself? Yeah. So okay. he then started this rebellion on the 27th of December, lit the entire island on fire. Holy Oof. shit. Whoa. Yeah. That's the, how you got to do it. The British were pissed. They came in. They killed a few thousand um, Black East, what are called East Indian slaves. Um, I wonder if that's where the phrase burn it all down comes from. They, I don't know the answer to that one, but apparently the English were like, this is not going to work for us. And then 18 months later, they passed the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833. Wow. So 30 years before the Americans, much less bloodshed. And the the English like kind of knew that the writing was like on the wall for slavery, and so they were the first ones to abolish it, um, as far as I can tell. Wow, mm. yeah, it's interesting that 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 coffee was part of the reason for that. That's mm-hmm. great. Hmm. So crazy, that and I just crazy. think it's awesome that the the genetics of it follow it all the way back. Like like you can follow the genetics from from Yemen to India. To like, there was two that they that the Dutch could have taken. Two, gen- they didn't know anything about genetics back then, but they took the Typica, the which was one. the OG from Ethiopia, right? And then the Bourbon variety was actually given to the French later by the Ottomans, because after the Ottomans knew their their like their monopoly was crushed, they like gifted a bunch of Bourbon to the French in mm. like the late 1600s as well, mm. and so then that all the Bourbon coffee made its way to brazil and south america through the ottomans and so it could have been the other way around but it's interesting that that little that little branch made its way from india to java to amsterdam to france to martinique and then jamaica wow and then almost failed in jamaica but they thought let's move this up a little higher like they didn't even have to do that you know what i mean they could have just been like oh guess it doesn't grow here yeah and now like they've got it onto the blue mountainside and the funny thing is is that this was the coffee that really changed like people's palates for what coffee could be and it's really really susceptible to disease and it's really really finicky and it grows just awesome on jamaica and genetically it's like kind of safe there because it's it hasn't been hit by coffee rust and it's been basically the genetics are the same on the blue mountain coffee in jamaica as it was from baba budan's um original seven plants that he took over crazy the beard plants yeah jason's plants (laughs) because the coffee plantation in in java (laughs) <laughs> it eventually failed. Like it got hit by coffee rust. Like all these, all these coffees in Sulawesi and the coffee. We've got a coffee from Flores right now that is that can trace its stock back to that same like that same uh, Baba Budan like coffee as well. It's that cool dragon bag that but we're they started open. cutting oh. in like hybrids of um, of robusta that could survive rust. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So this Blue Mountain coffee. Are there other places where this is exactly the same or this is the only place now that you can get this? Well, so Typica is around the world, right? They grow it in other places because I see that pretty frequently. Yeah, it's a common it's a common gene. The um, the genetics of it get a little messy because um, 
it's in other plantations with other stock. And so, oh, like, they can, yeah. pollination and shit like that. Yeah. Plus, I feel like mm. they change, too, as, like, because the growing conditions are different in all places. And so, there's so much more that goes into the flavor of the coffee because of the soil, like, the air, the sunlight, the rainfall. Like, all these things affect the flavor. So, you may have a Tipica from, you know, someplace else that's not going to taste the same as the Blue Mountain because Blue Mountain coffee is very expensive and it's very tasty. It's kind of like that Gesha coffee that we had. Is it so expensive because it's so rare or is it about the flavor? So it's a little bit like Louis Vuitton at this point (laughs) right now. It's like, yeah, it's leather, you know, like, (laughs) but it's got, it's kind of its its own luxury brand now. Um, And I think there's a supply and demand, though, because because the Blue Mountain coffee only produces such a small amount. And it is very tasty, very smooth, really good coffee. And I'm not just saying that because it's expensive. I mean, I really felt like last time we had it, it was just really good. Um, It is unique. It's It's its own like it's a geographically protected area. Um, And in order to say it's Blue Mountain coffee, it has to be grown at that higher elevation on the Blue Mountain range. And there's like high mountain coffee. There's like different lower elevation coffees oh. of the same brand. But it's like the Blue Mountain is the high elevation. And, and there the coffee, it matures slower on the higher elevation. Oh. And so the sugars get a little bit sweeter. It like develops slower. And okay. so because of that, it's it like much more complex. And yeah, so because of that super duper, they don't produce a lot of it um, anymore. So there's like the scarcity element. There's the history element, the genetics, like pure genetics. And then... Um, and it's got this like mystique and in the sort of romance story around it that makes it more expensive. Do you know anything so. about the two Jamaican Blue Mountain coffees, like the farmers who grew them? Do you know anything about those, or do we have to do a clarifications episode? What do you mean? Like the coffee that you roasted came from an estate, and then this coffee on the table that Kate sent us also came from an estate. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about those two estates? I didn't dig into the estates. I know that ours has grown on one of the oldest estates, the Clydesdale estate, mm-hmm. the one that I uh, purchased. And then where's this one from? I didn't see this one. Roasted and packed by Greenwich Mountain Estate. Hmm. Okay. So maybe we can have a clarifications episode um, where we find out a little bit more about the history of the two estates. I would love to know a little bit more about them. You know, it's interesting is that 80 to 90% of the Jamaican uh, Blue Mountain coffee stock is purchased and shipped to Japan. Hmm. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. 80 to 90%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Japan is really big on their coffee, like really <laughs> into like high-end specialty coffee in Japan. It's huge. Wow. Um, so on this bag, this plantation blue, it says, let's see, um, it says the U.S. dollars were $38 for eight ounces. So if you want to put that per pound, there you go. that's like, you know, $70, $76. So like 100% Blue Mountain coffee on there? It says 100% Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. There you go. It says it's a premium export from plantation blue, tradition, class, and experience. It doesn't say when it was ro- Oh, it does say when it was roasted. Wait, it does not. It says 3-13-22. So we wanted... We're a little bit past, but that's okay. I'm sure it'll still be delicious. Um, so I guess, shall we brew some coffee? Hey, that's my line. Hey! <laughs> gave you a break, I guess. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, 
flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! Ugh. All right, really quickly before I go ahead and brew these, I wanted to just do the olfactory reveal. Um, Ooh, don't I tell us. It already. Okay, you don't want to know no, who this is? Okay, only I have the power. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows. <laughs> I am. I just sniffed the microphone. How's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> Is it fresh? Here, Steph, if you want to sniff them side by side. Um, I One has more smell than the other. Mm, I wonder if there's a fresh Aroma. Oh, they smell pretty different. They do smell different, yeah. I feel like the ta- one with the tape has a little bit more of an aroma, like a stronger aroma. Mm. Okay, which is the one that... <laughs> which is the, the tape? Do you want it? Do you want to know now or do you want to you taste want to, it first? Yeah, do you want to know now or taste it first? No, I think you can tell me. Which one do you think is the tape? I think the tape. the tape is ours. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're it right. smells like so fr- so good and fresh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, this other one smells like it's been sitting in the bag for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a shade darker. and. Yeah, that one, the tape smells really good. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, cool. I feel good. I'm very excited to yeah. drink this coffee. Yeah, excited too. I feel like I did did my friend right. I'm kind of eh about the way it smells as it's brewing. The one from Jamaica? Yeah, this is the one from Jamaica in here. The other one's I in mean, the kitchen. There's always going to be a freshness component to it, right? I kind of feel like if you're paying $38 for or 70 basically $76 a pound, it should still be pretty good. You're paying for that cute ass jute bag. That's what you're paying <laughs> okay, for. Here, let me go get. You're not paying for that. The quality of the coffee. Let Although, me go grab the other one I've from had the other this room. Coffee before this so. one, this exact same one. Yeah, my friend got it from when the he was Greenwich in Mountain mm-hmm. Plantation. It's good. I'll be I mean, smooth. It's very, very smooth. Or it was. I'll be the judge. <sighs> so, if the expiration date was this month, you don't think it's really a year old, do you? At least. Mm. Sometimes they do a year and a half mm. or two years, even. Yikes! I know. No wonder it doesn't smell like much. All right, let's go ahead and pour it out. Let's do it. Got right. it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm actually really excited about this. Yum, yum, yum. It smells good. This is the best smelling coffee <laughs> well. since we started podcasting. <laughs> oh, thank God. We're finally doing a good coffee episode. No bad reviews. They've all been good. <laughs> <laughs> With the right number of additives. <laughs> they all get there. Uh, Except maybe Girl Scout coffee. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I blocked that one. Um, so I don't feel bad reviewing this coffee because it's one of our coffees. And I would, like we've said in the past, we don't want Modest Coffee to be, this podcast to be just like a Modest Coffee promotion podcast. Because we don't sell this one to anybody except for your friend Greg. Um, but we'd like to. This, I mean, this coffee's already, it's already sold out, so... If you want to get on the list, you got to become friends with me. So send us a re- <laughs> send us an email at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com and let me know that you'd like to be friends and I'll put you on my Can I say Blue Mountain list. We Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee so hard to come by. Mm. It's once a year you can buy it. Wow. And we've only bought like a 22 pound barrel that has well, no, it's a 30 kilo, so it'd be 66 pounds. Oh, that's how much it was? I thought it was 22 pounds. But yeah, just once a year. You just got to get in on it. And it was hard to get here, too. We had to be on like a little waiting list to get it. and Yeah, you have to order it in October for delivery in January. And then this year it was delayed by like eight weeks because of the 
pandemic. Uh, so. Yeah, so it's super crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, next year, if you are really interested in some Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee, uh, we could put you on our, we'll have, maybe we could do like a special for the podcasters. We could do like a special for them and their support of us. Yeah. Send us a, an email at hello at no bad reviews podcast. I know there's about a half dozen people that wanted to try it this year, but it's unfortunately already sold out. Anyways, let's go ahead and get into tasting. I'm smelling right now. I feel like the, um, aromatics on the Jamaican roast are a little bit stronger. A little bit stronger, but not necessarily better. Yeah. It smells like a flat, kind of stale coffee, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Right. It just means that that's what it smells like to me. Every time you roast a coffee, there's like, you get feedback from Mm -hmm. from it when you try it. It's like, oh, it's too acidic, or it's too bitter, or it's sweet, or it's not sweet enough. And, you know, there's levers that you can pull during the roast to highlight or enhance certain features of the cup and so i don't know i'm excited to try my version of it this is the first time i've actually tried it oh Oh, really well this 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 version of it this batch is this um a medium roast a light roast um this mine is a medium roast um taken out just after first crack so it's technically like a full city roast okay this other one um, tastes does take taste a it touch t- darker. It does taste darker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're drinking the other one right now. How yeah. do you like it? I think it's a little too bitter for my taste as a black coffee. Mm-hmm. And what would be my guess? This went into second crack, so it would be like kind of like a light Vienna roast. Okay, but it's still really smooth. The Jamaican roast has a little bit more of a smokiness that um, yeah. I. Um, think other people might like but i prefer a little less smokiness i'm gonna put some oatly in both coffees whoops i just spilled some i'm normally not a purist but seeing like adulteration of like such a nice coffee (laughs) well i feel like i like a medium like a medium roast i feel like does pretty well with like a little bit of cream Mm -hmm. um and so yeah or plant-based creamer there's um there's something I don't like in the aftertaste. I, I'm not able to put my finger on it yet. Yeah, it's just a little bit too bitter for me, the the Jamaican. It's a little too bitter, a little too smoky. It's got a little too much of that bite. Astringency. <clears throat> Even like with the oatly. Dryness. I, w- I want to say it's like almost a cardboardy taste. There's yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what about the, the Marcus roast? I think the Marcus roast is good. I have to say, though, as far as expensive coffees goes, I, I don't know that Jamaican Blue Mountain is my favorite for an expensive coffee. Like, we had that Gesha, that that five-pound bag of Gesha that we drank that I kind of got tired of, but now I miss. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm thinking, like, dollar for dollar, these this Jamaican Blue Mountain to the Gesha are about the same price-wise. I feel like I would prefer the Gesha, but that could also be the roast. I don't know. Would you roast this Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee this way if you did not have any feedback for your your patron? Yeah, this is actually like, this is the coffee that I roasted for like the way that I wanted it and that I felt like I could express mm-hmm. like from the bean. Yeah. But now I'm like, I feel really good about this as a medium roast. Um, it's got some acidity to it, but it also has like a really deep like dried fruit sweetness to it like dried fig or dried raisin like that really that like deeply sweet concentrated sweetness i mean i think it's still good and i think anybody who likes like a medium or a darker roast would probably really love this jamaican blue mountain coffee Mm. oh my god marcus yeah this is great Mm. it's kind of raisiny not bad really good (laughs) i think really good 
I prefer a darker roast, and I love this. Mm. I like it better than the Gesha. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I liked the Gesha. The Gesha was great. But yeah, this is really perfect. It's really, really good. Aww. And if you yeah. think of this in the context of this is what, you know, people had to drink as an alternative to, like, you know, the Café du Monde, you know, half chicory, half robusta, oh. you know, it's like, <laughs> what a difference, <laughs> right? This is being the coffee that was grown and processed in the Ottoman empire in, you know, the 1500s and like genetically basically the same, you know, yeah. So we're, that coffee. we're basically, yeah. Connecting with the origins of coffee right now. What a cool taste of history. I know that mm. is really cool. Yeah. So in that, in that context, it's like, you could see why this was, you know, popular yeah yeah <laughs> it's really good especially mm. as it's cooled a bit i'm really enjoying it it's so tasty i like don't want to add anything else don't to do it. it then i know don't so who is this coffee for oh my gosh it's for anyone who can afford it go get huh. some <laughs> I, <laughs> get I, it fresh though yeah definitely yeah, get it fresh yeah, yeah. big um, difference i think this coffee is definitely for the bougie medium to dark roast coffee person for sure if you have, you know, a pocket full of cash <laughs> and you happen to like darker roast coffee, pick up some Jamaican Blue Mountain. And I think that if you want to feel like a sultan for a day, <laughs> you get some Blue Mountain coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought the coffee was awesome. I want to say thank you so much to Kate for sending us this bag of um, the blue, the Plantation Blue Blue Mountain coffee. That was so awesome and for inspiring this episode. Uh, thanks, Marcus, for your roasting. And thanks to Greg for requesting Jamaican Blue Mountain so that we can have it and we can enjoy it because we would not normally be buying this for ourselves. Thanks, Marcus, for roasting it and for all of your history. Yeah, that was a great history lesson. That was really interesting. Fascinating, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I think it's important as a coffee podcast that we have a coffee history episode (laughs) and to really learn about the history of coffee. And it's cool that it tied in with this coffee today. Um, Well, cool. Then that's our episode. Yeah, thanks, everybody. If you want to support us on Patreon directly so that we don't have to get corporate middlemen, patreon.com slash nobadreviewspod. You can find us on social media at nobadreviewspod. If you see a coffee in the wild or you have a suggestion, send us an email at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. Are we still running the promotion? Like the giveaway? We'll do it one more week. Okay. We have a fanny pack to give away. <gasps> a fanny oh, pack. Oh, snap. So Ooh. our next winner will get a bag of modest coffee and a fanny pack. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, that'll be pretty cool and fun. That'll be the uh, the, the crescendo yeah. to this giveaway. <laughs> da, 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 da. So thank you so much again for listening to our podcast and supporting us. Please like us on uh, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and iTunes, whatever. I don't know, wherever you're getting your podcasts. Please like us. If and we know a- you've got friends. We know you've got them. Yeah, so please tell a friend. Just tell them. Tell at least a friend. Yeah. You know what? Just start harassing your friends. Every time you see them say, did you listen to that podcast I told you about? Tell a friend. Um, And yeah, thank you, everybody who's listened. We love you so much. You're the best. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.
Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.